What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to We Dot Ice. My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and we are previewing every single MLB team. Welcome back to another episode. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Today is one of the most anticipated episodes of my offseason. We got the mm-hmm. New York Mets. You could not go on Twitter. For one day, without Jeff Pass and tweeting out something about the New York Mets, before Steve Cohen went off the grid, he was also on Twitter every day just stirring up controversy. And there are so many new and talented players on this team, I got a mouthful, so let's just dump it. 11 new signings That's or insane. trades. That is 11. absolutely insane. So the Steve Cohen came in. This offseason, and he was like, I'm going to make some blockbuster. I'm going I'm to sell. What do you guys want? Let's spend some money. Mm-hmm. And at first, it didn't really feel like he did that. But after you look back at the total mass of what the Mets did, I don't feel like they had that staple move of the offseason, but they just had a bunch of them. Yeah, I think people were looking at it one-dimensional-wise, and they were thinking, oh, Det Bauer and Springer, and that'll be good. But no, they got, they built a team. The, the Mets are not a winning franchise right now. I think they came in and they got 11 pieces to help win a World Series, which I think is better than getting Bauer, especially after what you see they paid for him, or even Springer. I agree, and they were so close to getting Bauer as well on top of this. Mm-hmm. If he didn't do that old switcheroo and like create the New York hatred that he has now, like he would have had, they would have Bauer too. So Steve Cohen came in firing, but let's talk a little bit about the 2020 Mets first. Weird season. You come into 2020. There's not super high expectations, but people expect you to be kind of a contender. Then Marcus Stroman decides that he's going to sit out because he got the service time. No hate. I would have done the same thing. Then you got Syndergaard, who's out for the year because of Tommy John. Jake DeGrom goes out and shoves, but that lineup's never able to fully get it together, even though Michael Conforto was one of my favorite hitters in the league. They just couldn't get it spinning. The bullpen plagued them with guys like Edwin Diaz just not living up to the hype that they needed them to. And the Mets were just never able to get that push that they needed to make the playoffs. Yeah, they, they didn't have the energy, they didn't have the magic. It just, it seems like everyone, their pitchers got hurt and that's their strong suit. So it was an L of a season, but a lot has changed. So I think we just got to dive right into who they added. Yeah, let's just get into the ads. Do you want to take on this mouthful or do you want me to do it? Well, I think I think we should, we got a lot to talk about each player. So I say let's go one by one. One by one. So the offseason starts off, they find catcher James McCann, they bring him in as their backstop after rumors were swirling about JT Remuto. So McCann comes into the Mets. Jack, how do you feel about that one? I actually like the signing over Remuto, especially with everyone else they got. And I understand the Mets have one of the best rotations, so might as well get the best catcher. That's a, a smart move, smart front office move. But also, he wanted so much money. McCann, I mean, you gave him a good, good amount of money, but on what he's going to do in the lineup... I think they improved enough that McCann is a great signing and that this just clogging up holes left and right. They I, they also oh you didn't say, yeah you're yeah I agree four year forty million dollar contract for James McCann they bring him in so he got that ten million four year window which seems to be what they're kind of trying to build for here. That's not yeah. nearly as much as J T Remuto is a five one hundred mil contract. So how much are you really losing? J T Remuto is the best hitter in baseball, but James McCann really did swing it the past few seasons with the White Sox. He was also. Mm-hmm. A huge part of Lucas Giolito's no-hitter that Lucas Giolito said himself, how he's able to control the game, control that tempo, and really help a starting pitcher feel comfortable. In 2019, he hit 273 with a 789 OPS, popped 18 homers, 60 dingers, and last year he had 7 home runs, 5 RBIs with an 896 OPS and a 289 batting average. So for that drop-off from the salary that JT Romito has to James McCann, with all the intangible he brings as a catcher, I absolutely adore his signing for the Mets. Yeah, great signing for them. 
And they made it really early on, which I think was cool, because it almost told you the direction they're going to go in. It wasn't what people thought. They thought this was kind of a shoe-in for getting Springer and then a shoe-in for getting Bauer. None of that came to fruition, but I like that they just went out and got their die, and that tells me that they really like McCann, and I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. And who's going to be pitching to this James McCann man is Trevor May, the Fortnite streamer, signing a relief deal with the Mets, which I think is, he was one of the top relievers in the market. They snagged him instantly. They really like him, and I think that bolsters their pen a lot. And then they also went and got Aaron Loop, who was on the Rays, um, kind of uh, their two big relievers they scooped up. Yeah, so Trevor May is getting two years at $15 million from the New York Mets, like you said. Kind of a stud reliever that needs to solidify the back end of that bullpen after they had struggles. And then they brought in Aaron Loop on that one-year $3 million contract after he had kind of a resurgence in the playoffs last year with the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series even. They were kind of using him mm-hmm. like as their secret weapon out of the pen after they when they needed that fourth guy. So I really like these signings. I think Trevor May especially stands out to me as a good signing. His, uh, if you look at his 2020 numbers, 386 ERA with the Twins, we can't really look at that. His save numbers, he had a couple saves both years, but he hasn't really locked down that role as a true saver, like a true closer yet. Saver. <laughs> um, so I, I really look forward to seeing that him like kind of take that role. Yeah, I agree. And then the deal we've all been waiting to talk about, Frankie Lindor and Carlos Carrasco coming over from the Indians to the New York Mets. This signing, this deal was probably my favorite move of the offseason. I absolutely, I love Francisco Lindor. He's one of my favorite players in baseball going right now. And how you dislike him, he's just an absolute stud. The New York Mets went a smart route. The theme of the offseason was let's trade, not sign. Every team kind of took that route. You got the Padres and the Mets at the forefront. They go out, they trade for one of the most exciting and best shortstops in the game in Francisco, Francisco Lindor, and they add Carlos Carrasco on top of that, which makes the deal even better, and I don't hate what they gave up for them either. So let's talk about Lindor. How do you think he impacts his team? Lindor is that new star that they needed. Cohen Cohen coming into this regime and bringing all of his new guys, you knew stuff was going to go down. This is really the one move where it's like, oh, stuff went down. So I think you needed that as a Mets fan. So it's good to get him, and I, I like him better than Springer, um, Bauer, or Real Muto. I think he affects the culture way more, and he's also one of the best shortstops in the game. So that's always fun to have. I love this. I, I agree, couldn't agree with you more. San Fran- I think Francisco Lindor is the best player that moved this offseason. That's, in my opinion, yeah. he's the best guy who moved. Um, I also, that smile, man, on New York billboards. Yeah. Just beautiful. Francisco Lindor is 27 years old, Jack. That's how much seven years older than us. You want to know what he's accomplished? Mm-hmm. He has a lot more than us. Four All Star Game appearances, two Gold Gloves, two Silver Sluggers, and a Platinum. He's a Platinum Glove winner. You heard that correct? Four consecutive seasons, he won. Uh, he got MVP votes and won a Gold Glove or a Silver Slugger, and he's finished second of Rookie of the Year voting in his debut year in 2015 this guy is a stud he had a down 2018 at the 2020 at the plate but he still played in all 60 games yeah and I think his defense is kind of slept on and gonna be great in New York because they've had some years where defense is really not their specialty and I think him in this Mets infield is gonna help a lot I couldn't agree more. And another thing to know is his playoff career. He's been a good hitter. He has a 263 batting average in the playoffs with about just about an 800 OPS. And the last time 
that uh, in 2018 with the uh, Indians, he was great in the playoffs. So I like that, especially for a team that wants to compete in the World Series. What can this guy do when the lights are the brightest? He's just going to put on a smile and a show. So I adore that for them. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, Carlos Carrasco talk real quick. Got to talk about that. Yeah, I think, I mean, this deal was great. Just getting Lindor Perfect. is great. But now, even if they don't re-sign him, which I think they really have to, but even if they don't, the, the Mets still win this trade because they get Carrasco for more than one year, and that's just going to help bolster this already really good rotation. See, I disagree a little bit. I think that if they, I give them a pass on not signing Bauer, Muto, or Springer if they pay for Francisco Lindor. Which I think they will. Yeah, but it I think seems like they will, yeah. if you trade and pay for him, it kind of makes up for the fact that you didn't sign one of those giant free agents because I would have rather had Francisco Lindor any day of the week for the next decade than any of those yeah. guys. Granted, they're all amazing players, but give me Lindor, I think it's special. And then let's talk a little bit about Carlos Carrasco, dude. Like, he comes over. What's your initial thoughts? So you see Francisco Lindor, he's going to the Mets, but then they add on Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, I mean, good pitcher? Or going to a good rotation, that's a winning formula. I think he's even better than people give him credit for. In his career, he has a free 7-7 ERA. He's pitched over 1,000 innings for the Indians. He's been on the Indians since 2009, so 11 straight seasons with that team. 2019, he had a tough season. Obviously, there was a lot of other circumstances that he was battling off the field. And then 2020, he comes back, wins comeback player of the year, pitches his ass off with a 2-9-1 ERA in 68 innings pitched, just amazing season for him to come back and be able to even pitch, let alone do that, and be a sub-free ERA guy. And you're adding that to a rotation that already features Jacob DeGrom, already features Marcus Stroman, potentially Noah Syndergaard when he gets back, Taiwan Walker, a bunch of guys you add into that. I love that. Great move. Yeah, that that just sweetened the deal, really. Nothing you can really say more about that. And then they talking about this rotation... Marcus Stroman, they bring him back. See, I think this might be the only move that might backfire a little bit. Now, hear me out. I love Marcus Stroman, but he did kind of quit on the team in 2020. In a weird, like I get why he did it. I'm assuming a bunch of players kind of got why he did it too. Like he's just like, I got my service time. I'm going to free agency. Then he comes back to that team. So I just I want to see how it looks first and see if there's any like weirdness between yeah. them. I think knowing the type of player he is, he is not the quit on the type of player. I'm sure players were like, no, obviously do this. This is the smart move so you don't get like manipulated. I Especially hope so. because he's he's that guy who he when the Mets got Franklin Lindor, he's out there on Twitter saying like, let's go. Like he's really hyped about that team. I don't think he's kind of that mad bum character who's just kind of off in his own world ranching like getting bulls you know horseback riding i don't think he's that i think he is uh he wants to win a world series and i think last year was just it was a weird circumstance for everyone i agree i hope i hope that's true i hope that's the same i love marcus stroman he's one of my favorite pitchers i love that fire he has that kind of like short guy like fu mentality he has on the mound Mm -hmm. and how he plays those timing games and just pisses people off i love it so we didn't see him in 2020 he didn't pitch but in 2019 He had a free two t free two two ERA over the course of the over the course of the season between Toronto and the New York Mets. Um, so that's good. But in 2018, he had a kind of a tough year. So what kind of Marcus Stroman are you going to get? I think 2019 Marcus Stroman is the Marcus Stroman that they're going to see this season. Kind of fighting for that big contract. He didn't get it this year because the market with Corona and stuff. He decides to opt in, take that 18 mil, 
I'm looking forward to seeing Strowman just absolutely shove with this team. And also, gives yeah. them a little bit of a chip. I think they need a chip, and I think he gives that to them. Yeah, they have a lot of fire, and Marcus Strowman is kind of the center of this fire. Like, a playoff game, if Strowman's walking on that hill, you're feeling really, really good. He's going to either fight somebody or strike you out. Yeah, or both. If I'm putting $5 down right now to nobody, just in the air, that if Marcus Stroman, if the New York Mets get in a fight this year, Marcus Stroman is going to be involved. Yeah, with Cinderdard almost in it, but like kind of backing up because he doesn't want to re-hurt his arm. Yeah, Mets versus uh, Dodgers fight, potentially. I like that. I, I emoji, I emoji. Um, Three-way other... fight. Huh? Padres, Mets, and Dodgers. Oh, free, you know how they, they meet in a Walmart parking it's lot. It's like a freeway trade when the last guy's like, hey, I want to get in on this. That's kind of yeah. what the Padres are like, hey, we're right down the street. Mm-hmm. We'll be over, hold five to ten minutes, and then we can all push each yeah. other together. Exactly. But there's so many teams that desperately need starting pitching. And we've already said the Mets added Carrasco and Stroman. Then they also just went out and signed um, Walker. Yeah, Taiwan Ty- Walker. Taiwan Walker. He was on the Blue Jays. Who did he pitch for? He was on the Mariners. Then he went to the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, and now he's on. He was one of the first pitchers I ever became like a like a personal fan of because I played fantasy baseball as a kid and uh, I mm-hmm. drafted him number one, my first pick. Don't tell me why. Oh, uh, my first pick. Um, just because I really thought he was dope as hell. So I was like, yo, I want this guy. I think that was back in like twenty. I said it was twenty fourteen. If I remember, he was good that year. Um, so that was like when I picked him. The following season after the twenty fourteen season. So now he's. Eight years or six years later, and he's on the New York Mets. He's a good. If he's your fourth starter, you're happy. He had a 2.70 ERA in 2020 between the Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. If he's on your team, you must be feeling good. Especially, I mean, I get if like if he went to the Yankees and he was your three or even like a two, you're a little nervous. On the Mets, he can be a four, and you're feeling really, really good. Or a five, when Cinderdark comes back, you're chilling. The dude has a sub-four career ERA. He has a free 8-4 ERA over the course of his career. That is a good free starter. If that is your yeah. four for five starter, guys, that is a hell of a rotation. Most people in the league don't even have a five starter to name, and they have Tyron Walker in a two-year $20 million deal with a player option for the 2023 season. That's potentially three years at 10 mil each to be on this team. Add depth to that rotation. You got some injury concerns with um, Noah Syndergaard, who we don't know when's going to come back. We got a little bit. Carlos Carrasco's a little older. Can he still manage it? You got a guy like Tywin Walker. He's only 28 years old who can fill that gap. He's a perfect pitcher for this team. I love this signing. Yeah, and um, moving right along, the other big hole was center fielder. Uh, people were thinking either Springer or JBJ. They kind of went the... The smart but cheap route, they got um, Elmora Jr. and Pilar. They signed both of them. So you kind of got defense and hitting kind of in a combined way to try to kind of scrap together a center field position. I like that because I think having a defensive center fielder already surrounded by this team with a lot of talent is smart. Put Pilar Pilar out there. He's going to catch everything. Elmora Jr. is also a stud at defense. So um, I think that's a smart move. A little interesting that they didn't go out and get JBJ, but I'm, I'm sure a story will come out about it. Well, here's how I view it. Uh, Pilar's a better hitter than Jackie Bradley Jr., so why go JBJ when we can go Kevin Pilar? Kevin Pilar just had the best offensive uh, season of his career in 2020 True. with a 288 batting average and a 798 OPS. That was the first time in his career that he's had an OPS above 750. So, obviously, 60-game sample size, but he might have f- figured something out at that plate like we talked about. His defense is all-world. He got MVP votes in 2019 
not 2019. Yeah, in 2019. And the guy can't hit really hmm. that well. So if he can do yeah, that. Really good defense. He, yeah, really good defense. So if he can play like that, that's insane. His defensive war over the course of his career is a 7.6, and that's that's insane, dude. Um, yeah. So we're looking at one of the best defensive fielders in the game. You put that in an outfield that needed a center fielder. I love this signing, and I also like that they're trying to do a little bit of a platoon because Pilar does have his struggles behind the plate. So you get Amora, mm-hmm. if I say it. Elmora, yeah. Elmora, you get him to kind of pull, uh, platoon. So Polari's at like 100 games. You get him for like 60 games. I like that combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And then they wrap up with, they pick up Jonathan VR to have some extra depth at every position. But I'm thinking a little extra depth at third base with um, J.D. Davis. Um, he's he can I think VR can kind of flash the leather a little bit better. So it'll be great. And these signings, I feel really happy about. That was the last one, um, I believe, yeah. They're... They built such a deep ro- like rotation, such a deep bench. These are the moves that just signing Bauer, that doesn't necessarily help you win a World Series because VR is going to go out there and make a diving play, win a game, hit that little single. Those are kind of that those moves that the Mets haven't been making that I think they are making. And I've, I don't, I'm, I don't even really love the Mets, but Steve Cohen, I think, just did a, an amazing job and their GM too. I love Jonathan VR as a bench piece for this team because that's this is yeah. a guy who you bring in. And one thing about winning culture, people say the best the best kind of work is like consistency. If you're consistent, you'll be good. And Jonathan Villar just shows up every day. 162 games played in 2019. He played every single day. Stole 40 bases. He hit 274 and a 792 OPS. That guy's coming off your bench for the New York Mets. That is a yeah. great depth piece that's not going to get your big 100,000 follows, 100,000 retweets. But that is a piece that's going to impact his team. With those injuries, of the course of a 162-game season, you can plug this guy in to your lineup. He'll give you good at-bats. He'll be a factor for you. I love this signing for them. And he'll steal bit. Maybe he can steal a base in a clutch moment for you. Yeah, I, that's that's the thing that my mind goes straight to. He's going to like steal third base in a wild-card game or something like that. Exactly, dude. He's he's a stud, He can be a stud for you if he gets it. Not a, a stud off the bench for you. He's not an everyday player. He's, yeah. a, he's a bench player. For no. That's what you need. Yeah. So, but great bench signing. Other teams aren't doing that. Like the the Mets have built a really deep staff. We went on for a while about that. So let's hit on their losses really quick. They lost Stephen Matz, Waka, and Purcello. Um, they replaced them all, but those are kind of three of their middling pitchers that can be really good, but didn't didn't really show anything for the Mets. They moved on from them. I think it's probably a good move for that. Nothing notable. And then Cano, if you remember back in your memory noggin. Got popped for PDs for the second time. He's suspended for a full 162. So they lost him, but they don't have to pay him that 20 mil. So that's why they could go out and sign 11 new people. Agreed. Uh, you're replacing Steven Matz, Michael Waka, and Rick Porcello with Marcus Stroman, Carlos Carrasco, and Taiwan Walker. I think that's a pretty good trade-off if I were somebody. W. I'm just saying. Um so then we're going to go down. we got a couple storylines. There's really not that many prospects that I think are going to affect this season. they got four top 100 prospects, but none of them are expected to make the um, Major League roster until 2023. Obviously, this team is in buy mode, go mode, so prospects are little to not a factor right now. But Steve Cohen mm-hmm. did highlight earlier in the offseason that the Mets needed to build a farm system, but he hasn't done much about that to show that the Mets have built a farm system. So that's something to watch over the next couple drafts, see if any players can pop from there. But right now, not a factor. So we got some storylines to talk about. I don't know if we, we do some stuff. That, so we already hit on will the Mets sign Lindor? I think mm-hmm. that's a kind of a have because let's look at their lineup real quick. Because I don't think I've get read their one through uh, nine lineup yet. 
So right. we got a leadoff. Jack, tell me how you feel about this. We got Brandon Nimmo leading off. Jeff McNeil in the two spot. Francisco Lindora hitting free. Michael Conforto, again, one of my favorite players, hitting the four spot. Pete Alonso, Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis, and James McCann rounds up that lineup. How do you feel about that? I think that's a really good lineup. Um, a few question marks or question not marks. question marks, but you're not sure what they're going to give you. Um, but the Mets have a lot of underrated hitters. Conforto, J.D. Davis, even like Dom Smith. These guys, these guys hit. Pete Alonso. I mean, you he's going to hit some bombs, maybe have a, a big comeback season. So I think I, I'm personally just feeling really good about this lineup. In my personal opinion, the fact that Michael Conforto didn't get MVP votes in 2020 was insane to me. He had a free 22 batting average. He popped nine home runs, 31 RBIs in 54 games. He was so good that year. He had an OPS plus of 156, which means he was ha- he was what I don't know how to like put that one and a half times better than any other player mm-hmm. in like at his position. That's amazing. I love him. Every time I went on Twitter, there was a Michael Conforto highlight. Pete Alonso was somebody that I got question marks about. I don't know how you feel about him. Yeah, there's question marks, but at the same time, what is his ceiling? Can That's he really perform bad enough that it's a disappointment? Like, he's going to hit bombs. He's going to play first. He's not going to hit 300. I think he needs to hit 250, though. Yeah. He hit 260 his rookie year and 53 home runs in one rookie of the year. He needs to, if he can hit 250 and give you, then, and then do the bomb, like, hit the dingers that he does, because he still had 16 home runs in 2020. He'll hit dingers. So if he can give you 250, I think he makes a really good 5-hole hitter because that's different than what this other cut part of the lineup does. Like Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McDeal, Francisco Lindor, they can pop it, but they're going to also give you average. Where now if you go down to Pete Alonso, you get two or three runners on base. He's a threat for a free run home run at any time. I think that's a really good add to the bottom part of that lineup if he can do that. So I think he needs to get that batting average slightly up. Yeah, as you said, though, like this Mets team, they got a lot of average guys. So, like every team can afford to have this Pete Alonso type of guy. Pete Alonso is an extreme example of it. But um, I think I really they've made so many additions, and I I just like their lineup a lot. I don't really like he could bat five, he could bat cleanup, or he could just if he's slumping, put him in the seven hole. That's also kind of works. I like him in the five hole because that's probably where you're going to get a lot of traffic on base, and that's kind of where his yeah. you don't want solo shots. You need two or three run home runs from Pete Alonso, and that's where mm-hmm. he's going to make his money. So I like that. And then we talked about the rotation at kind of nauseum already. I don't think we need to do much on that, but just the official yeah. one through five as listed to start for opening day. You got Jacob Degrom, Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Roman, Tywin Walker, David Peterson. I think that's the right one. Did I read that right? Yeah. Yep. And then um, Cindergard coming in probably about the season July. maybe. July is probably yeah. when you're going to see Noah Syndergaard. And then some bullpen talk. So I feel like this is potentially a strong suit of their team. And I didn't it, feel that in 2020. On paper, I think it, it's very similar to the 2021, which worries me. On paper, it's great. But they they blow saves so much. They can't save a game, even though they have like six closers on their roster. So that is an issue. How many names do you recognize right here? I'm going to just le- read off their depth chart. Edwin mm-hmm. Diaz, Trevor May, Miguel Castro, Dylan Batances, uh, Jer- how do you say this? Hey, Uris. Uris Familia, Aaron Loop, Jacob Barnes. Yeah, I mean, those are all guys who can get saves in the majors. They just got to figure out what they're going to do. They got the names. Like, if Batances can be right, he's unreal. They just they got to get him right. Yeah, they got to get Familia right. Edwin Diaz, they got to get him right. Trevor May hopefully will bring some good new blood into that, but um, interesting, 
interesting bullpen. I think on paper, you have to say it's good. I, I'm just weary of what it can actually do. Also, very right-handed heavy. They only really have one lefty, so that's interesting. Yeah, all what all top eight of their relievers are listed as right-handed pitchers, so that is kind of an yeah. interesting thing to see because um, they don't really have that lefty specialist that you would need to kind of come. So Aaron Loopstro's left-handed. He's left-handed. Uh, yeah, and then you did have Seth Ludo, who just went down with an injury too. So that is um, another right-handed arm that can save a game. That's true, but I like... Here's how I look at their bullpen. Say only one or two of them hits. Um, even though I think Edwin Diaz is, can still be an elite player, and a closer in the MLB. Say only one or two of the other guys hits. That's all you need, dude. If Batances, Trevor May, Miguel Castro, Familiar, Aaron Loop, just two of those guys shape out, you got a bullpen, man. Yeah, they, they just... They have to... They didn't improve their pen as much as I think. Well, they didn't need to. They just need their players to play better. So yeah, exactly. I think it's just a, a performance thing, not a talent thing with this team. So yeah, I'm they, very excited. Yeah, that's about a that. great way of putting it. They have a lot of talent. One of the more talented bullpens. They got so many names, so much talent in there. They just gotta save games. They gotta close out games. This roster, dude, is kind of unreal when you look up and down. You can see why everyone has them projected so high up there. Um, some other just quick little hitters, but we kind of been going a little long on a mess. Uh, will they stick with Brandon Nimmo at center field? Obviously not. Now they got Kevin Pillar, but I want to see how he performs in a different role on that team. Uh, yeah, so uh, another just question is, do you think this Mets team has the ability to break that cycle of the Mets as Mets, like the disappointment that comes with being a Mets fan? I think it can um, because the energy has changed. I think that the energy of the front office, it's a trickle-down effect. Hopefully that can kind of um change the the players attitudes but you really can't you can't say it until you see it like we really have to see these Mets come out and look like they're playing different um so much I'm really excited to see that it's one of my storylines to look for this season just are the Mets going to be a favorite or are they going to be just kind of just a little laughing joke I think you'll tell I think this team will come out to a slow start but there's going to be a moment where I think Francisco Lindor is going to pop like a big home run or something, and there's mm. going to be that like celebration Mookie Betts style down the line, and that's when you'll be like, this team's got something. But it's, I think it's going to take a little bit because there's so many new players. It might take a little bit to gel and kind of get that team mentality going. Yeah, that's kind of it how will I take see a little it. bit. A slow start. And my last question Even for lo- you. Okay. No, go ahead. Even if you're looking into the future, which we're not really doing in this series, but we're going to do it a little bit, you don't necessarily need to win the world series this year it would be great they have a team that i think could do it especially if they're probably going to add at the all-star break whatever their needs are which will be exciting um the culture has shifted and i think that's the most important part so yeah i agree steve cohen has shifted the culture and they're just exciting this is the first time in my lifetime i've been excited to watch the mets play and just yeah. kind of get out there and that's a huge part again francisco lindor just kind of pulls eyes i think he's, he pulls eyes to you he does yeah um so pay that man steve cohen come on pay him or i'm gonna be sad my last story fine for you is how do you say how much impact do you think noah Syndergaard is gonna have on this team and do you think they need him i think they do need him um but kind of like that chris sale effect in the opposite way if this team's gonna be good they're gonna have to do it without him and if he does come back at the all-star break that is gonna be so clutch I think that would be crazy for that team but then also if he comes back and isn't dominant which it's hard to just come back and be dominant from Tommy John um they have enough pitchers that they don't need him which I think is a really good spot to be in 
I agree. The fact that Noah Syndergaard is your secret weapon coming out the All Star game, that's pretty good ad. Pretty good ad. Yeah. Don't mention uh, two-time Cy Young, potentially free out of four-year Cy Young winner Jacob Degrom, who's literally the best pitcher in the game. That tells you something. We've done a thirty-minute podcast yeah. <laughs> on the New York Mets, and that's the first time I've talked about Jacob Degrom, who's filthy yeah. in every aspect. Hundred mile per hour fastball, insane slider, will dominate you every time he's out there. So the fact that you guys have, you have that guy and the potentially nowhere Syndergaard coming, adding Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, and all those other arms, great. Great offseason for the Mets. We got to talk a little Jersey talk real quick. Like I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm so gassed up for this team. I could go on for another thirty minutes. But yeah, Jack, uniform. I feel like this is the only part of the Mets, in my opinion, this might be going in a down arrow. I need to know what. How do you feel about these unis? I love the black Mets jerseys. So I know Steve Cohen's going to try to bring those back. I think, as you know, my theory: you got to look good to play good. I think that's going to help. I think those black jerseys could be it. That could be their Padres pinstripe moment, which is a term I'm coining. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. But their blues, their whites, they're average to me. I'm probably putting them at a 3-6. They're whatever. Uh, If the team is good, it's a fun jersey. If the team's bad, it's kind of a minor league-y type of jersey. That blue and orange is not... If if it's not a great team, it's a little iffy. But um, 3-6, I'm going to put them at. Yeah, I'm anti-orange uh, for G- uniforms in general. I think I'm part of that club. I do like the black jerseys. I think that could be a nice move for them. But I'm currently, I'm not too hot. I'm going to go over free two for them. I think the white mm-hmm. pinstripes just don't really do it for me. With that orange, not my move. Um, yeah. One last noticeable notable uh, mention just for you uh, before we kind of get to our record prediction. Tim Tebow officially retired from baseball this season. So, he Jack, did. if you want to give a quick little moment of sadness. Yeah, Tim Tebow gave a lot to the sport. I think you can compare him to the Babe Ruths, the um, the Jackie yeah, the Robinson. Babe Ruths of the sport, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, um, he did a lot, and I think he, similar to Jesus Christ, he sacrificed his soul for the Mets to win this World Series. I agree. He I think that's what it really boils down to. Every team needs a hero, someone to fall on that sword. So I'd just like to take a moment of silence for Tim Tebow. Give me one second of silence. So now can, let's get. Can you in. put in a air horn sound effect? <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll add an air horn right there. <laughs> um, so now let's get into the twenty twenty one projected record for the New York Mets. Jack, I know that they lost Tebow, but how are you feeling about this team? Where are they coming in at? This team, I think people have them still number two behind the Braves. But when you go through this roster, I think they're they're built really well. They're built deep. The bullpen scares me, um, and. Even Mets fans are still scared about their rotation depth just because they've been plagued by injuries. But I think they're looking really good. I really like their lineup. They made so many additions. It might take a while to gel, but I think they're going to get it. And this is going to be a close race. I think they're going to be in the running to win the division, but maybe fall short at the last second. I'm going 92-70. and 70. I like that. I like all your points a lot. I love the moves. I think my favorite moves for this team is going to be weird, but I love that. Besides, like, the Francisco Lindor, like, that Jonathan VR signing, I think it just has, like, a signing of, like, mm-hmm. a winning team with a plan. Piaf, Pilar. Yeah, that's, those are great moves. I love this team. Um, but I do think they'll get off to a bit of a slow start because 11 new players. you got to try to figure out where, what are we doing here kind of with the manager. How, how do we want to play this? Get used to New York. So I got them coming at a slow start, picking it up. But in the end, finishing 90 and 72, probably making the playoffs. Um, 
And yep. an NL East that's going to beat up on each other, 90 wins is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. They're, I definitely think this is either a division-winning team or a wild card, for sure. I think they're going to be in the in the We're gonna, There's going to be some New York Mets October moments this year. But that yep. brings a conclusion to one of our most anticipated and demanded episodes of our 30 for 30. So if you enjoyed or di- didn't, if you agreed or disagreed with us, sorry for the stutter, let us know on social media at we got ice baseball on Instagram and TikTok. Tell us what you guys thought. Go comment and yell at us if you think the Mets are better or worse. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who disagree with us for this episode. Also, yeah, make sure you guys check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating if you have the time. And we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast a little bit less exciting, but still a lot to talk about. We got the Los Angeles Angels on the menu. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy and stay chilly.